Hey, it's Amino Hassan, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel Podcast. Welcome to the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel. My name is Tompkins. As always, Mr. Dave King and Greg Esposito on the show as well. Today on the show, we are talking about which one of the Phoenix Suns or which of the Phoenix Suns are not currently in the Orlando bubble. We're going to preview the games ahead coming up in uh, just about a week. Super exciting. Steve Blake and Larry Greer are no longer on the Suns coaching staff. If you had a snitch line like the NBA has a snitch line for the Orlando bubble, who would you report on NBA Twitter and why? And we'll be introducing a new segment, Terrible Trade of the Week. Starting the show off, Mr. Dave King, players not in the Orlando bubble right now. Hey there, everybody. Thanks for letting us say hi, Tim. Ahoy, hoy. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time, Tim. We love you. Tim's got just a deadpan hey, face. Hey, can we can we we'll move it on? Come on. That's that's what Dave or what Tim was trying to do, Dave. So, uh, so here's here's the thing. Keep, for, I'm for trying for to keep Tim on camera for as long as possible. <laughs> for everybody watching and listening right now, uh, before we started the show, I said, Hey guys, I have a new way of introducing the show that's going to be a lot quicker. Uh, I'm gonna toss it to you as soon as I get done. This way I can go and post it everywhere. But instead, Dave's like, no. No, we gotta make no. this awkward. I'm good. Of course he makes okay, things okay. awkward. That's right, Dave King. Show. Let's talk about uh, section one. Who's actually in the bubble? I know uh, for for Suns Twitter anyway, and for the totally over-engaged Suns fans, we haven't had a game in four months, but we are so worried about who's actually going to be playing for the Suns when they resume play next week um, that we are trying to play uh, online detectives with all the Suns video clips that they're posting uh, with Instagrams and Twitters of the NBA players themselves, what they're posting. And uh, in the Zoom interviews, we get daily Zoom interviews now with Monty Williams. And there's at least one or two players that join him or come in right after him or before him. And so through all that detective work, we have identified uh, at least a rotation full of people that could play in a scrimmage next week. <laughs> the ones we have not been able to spot are the ones that are the most obvious to spot, although it's possible they're just holding up in their, in their hotel rooms. But uh, there are two very important players that we have not been able to pin down anywhere on social media, anywhere on Suns, Suns media sharings, or in interviews or anything like that, despite our requests to talk to them and, and know that they're alive, you know, prove a life. Um, and one of those is the starting point guard himself, Ricky Rubio. And another one is the backup but part-time starting center when DeAndre Ayton is unavailable in Aaron Baines. The third one we have not been able to find is Elia Kobo, but I'm not sure anybody's going to lose sleep over that one. <laughs> the two we're going to lose sleep over are Ricky Rubio and Aaron Baines. And the problem with at least Ricky Rubio not being available is that if that's true, I mean, he may just show up like, you know, he might just show up, but because he is basketball Jesus. Um, but if he doesn't show up, who would be the starting point guard for your Phoenix Suns next week when they start scrimmaging? 
Greg, what do you think? Well, if you don't have Ricky Rubio, who starts a point? Well, if Elliot Kobo's not there either, I mean, we're we're really screwed up. I mean, that's the starter and the backup. <laughs> uh, I think we might wind up having to see Cameron Payne. I mean, a campaign could wind up starting a point. But actually, what I think Monty would do uh, would be start Booker at point guard, to be quite frank, if uh, if that's the way this is, is going to go. No, Frank's uh, a big guy. He's, uh, he's there, uh, actually. Uh, uh, no, but I could I could definitely see him starting uh, Devin at point guard rather than trying to mess with uh, with backups trying to get in that starting role because there is such a a small margin for error error for this team. My button came out there. Uh, yeah. It's a small the small margin for error when you look at this uh, in terms of how what they have to do to actually have any chance here. I mean, if they lose game one, it's basically over, uh, especially because you're playing the Washington Wizards, which should be the easiest game on the schedule. So I think they'd probably start Booker. But if they don't have Rubio, this becomes uh, almost an insurmountable task because that's Rubio out, then that would be uh, in all likelihood uh, you're missing Ubre. That's two-fifths of your starting lineup right there. Uh, it, it's over. You're DOA. You're, you're dead on arrival in this bubble uh, situation. And uh, I just, that would be unfortunate because we've waited so long to see basketball. Again, we thought, oh, everybody will be healthy. We're going to see this full lineup. And then we may get to see the worst case scenario where the Suns yet again have no point guard if Rubio's not there. Now, uh, it, he could be there, like you said, in his hotel room. They may selectively not be uh, filming well, him. Well, to be I don't fair, know. yeah, to be fair, we did not even see any video clips of half the guys we just suddenly have seen in the last three or four days. So we didn't know Ty Jerome was there. We didn't necessarily know Mikel Bridges was there. Um, and he just, yeah, of course I'm here. You know, he tweeted back to somebody on yeah. on Twitter. Uh, just, of course I'm here. You know, LOL, yes. Um, so it's very possible that these guys are there. It's also very likely that they're going to join the Suns if it's a if it's a COVID-19 situation. So if a player has opted out entirely, just saying, you know, I'd rather not go to Orlando for six weeks because I've got little babies or something, then that's one thing, but we probably should have known already because they're yeah. out, my, right? Out, out. My guess is... So I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's COVID-related if they're out. If they're not there, it's because they tested positive for COVID. They're quarantining for two weeks. Uh, they could have tested positive all the way up until the few days before they left, which would be early July. If you go right around July 4th, you add two weeks to that for quarantine. You're around the uh, 18th, 19th, which is right about now or Monday or Tuesday. At that point, uh, we heard about this process with uh, James Harden recently. And... Um, uh, we learned about this process with James Harden and then Nikola Jokic and Russell Westbrook is going to be joining them as well. The protocol is you've got to test negative twice in a row uh, with at least 24 hours in between those tests. Then you can fly to Orlando and you have to get two more negative tests after you get to Orlando before you can actually join your team. You need another like they did when they first arrived in Orlando. They needed like 36 hours of self-quarantine in a room. Uh, pass two tests on each, one one on each end there, and then you can join your team. So we're probably if one of those guys or both of those guys or whoever, whichever two sons, it's going to be two of the only three we know aren't there. 
Oh, well, I, sh- I have to say we haven't seen LeCue or Tariq Owens, Jalen LeCue or Tariq Owens on video either. So two of those five, at least two of those five, tested positive for COVID. They can join the team. They'll be behind on the uh, obviously on the conditioning and on the any new uh, wrinkles that Monty Williams has put into the offenses and defenses. Um, <clears throat> but if you're Rubio, that's not a problem. You just play basketball. If you're Aaron Baines, that's not a problem. You just play basketball. Um, if you're Tariq Owens or Jalen McHugh, you weren't going to learn anything anyway. Yeah, you, um, weren't, this- <laughs> you weren't getting on the court unless until game eight. So, well, until until week two. Yeah, you're not getting on the court <laughs> when they've given up. Um, so it's not a big deal that these guys are missing. The hope is that they will be joining the Suns and we'll find out once they've joined them. Um, but we won't know until now. Why are we not knowing? Why do we not know this? It's not because the Suns are just being dicks. It's because the Suns are following HIPAA, federal HIPAA regulations, and they could be fined up to $50,000 per instance. I know, chump change, five bucks to you and me, but it's still a, a fairness thing. And the fairness thing is that the person who is the subject of a medical situation has the right to reveal themselves and nobody else does. Well, I also so, I also wonder if Rubio might, since he has the young uh, newborn at home, if the Suns may have given a special dispensation and said, hey, you can come a little bit later than everybody else. If sure, he was, if he was on the fence about even playing because of it, maybe they said, hey, we'll meet you we'll meet you halfway. You you can take a little extra time. It is interesting so. that in the past couple of days, uh, both. Oh, gosh, I just as I was speaking, I lost the names Montrez Harrell. Mm-hmm. and Zion Williamson both left the bubble for emergency family reasons and will rejoin at a later date. Um, so there are, I mean, we have to admit, there are life things that happen. Yeah. And uh, the players don't always want to be sitting in that bubble. So you're right, Greg, it's possible. They just asked for, can I come two weeks later? It's possible. Um, Ricky just had a baby, his, his wife anyway, not him, but his <laughs> wife just had a baby in uh, January or February. And Aaron Baines, we know he was talking about the social justice stuff right before he was working out at the gym. We haven't heard from Ricky at all, period, in months. Yeah. Uh, but Aaron Baines, we heard from, from right before. Uh, Ricky, they, they Ricky left. was on. Um, Ricky was on a, a French podcast. I don't remember what it was. Spanish podcast, excuse me. Um, I don't remember what it was though. Uh, somewhat recently. Oh, good. Did he talk about this? Well, I don't. I didn't understand the language. Uh, oh, he he could have well, said I, he's out. Find it. But, Get somebody uh, who knows Italian to or Spanish. Sorry, not Italian. Jesus Christ. You said French. I'm going Italian. It's Spanish. <laughs> hey, look, look at us. We're so sensitive to everybody. We're, we're just we're gonna. So hey, Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Uh, Estonian. Can we get somebody that speaks Estonian <laughs> hey, in there hey, as well? You know Italian. Can you translate this? So, I mean, uh, that, that wasn't too, too long. It wasn't within like the last week or anything, but, uh, you know, he has been out yeah. there. And I mean, you know, I'm not just... suggesting he's dead. And I'm no. not suggesting he is <laughs> eschewing the sun. Wow. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not one to hate because I don't have a phone right now. And I got to tell you, this has been like, some of the most glorious couple weeks of my lives, like going off the grid all about it. I'm sure Ricky Rubio is having a fine. Look, I know this was just a trip up, but Tim, but how many lives have you led? This is the glorious, most glorious week of my lives. 
That's what you said. <laughs> oh man, no, no, give me hey. a well, if you believe, no, if you believe in in uh, reincarnation and stuff, have you, have anyway, you met Tim? Fabio, Fabio says he speaks uh, in the chat. He says he speaks Portuguese. Does that help? I don't think it does, Fabio. Hey, but um, you could try. I'm it's, also it's just, as close as Italian and French, probably. Uh, I, I'm presuming this is Spanish. Uh, I don't know Spanish all that well, so it's really just a guess. It could be Portuguese. Does it? <laughs> does anybody speak Pig Latin? We could use a Pig Latin translator here. Big Payantley. I mean, out of out of all the players not to be there, uh, Ricky Rubio is the one that I am. Uh, and Dave, you were kind of making this point earlier. Least concerned uh, if he has the least amount of practice time ramping up. If anything, yeah. eh, maybe it'll be good for him. I feel like at the speed at which he plays these days, that he could he could just walk right off the street and play and start and be one of the best point guards in the NBA now. Let's talk about Ricky for just a second and what he means to the Suns. Uh, Ricky is, uh, he came out of the all-star break with renewed energy. Remember we were talking about that. He was like a dead man walking for the month of January because he's just, he just looked like a stiff out there. Um, he was tired. His wife had had a baby. He wasn't sleeping at all. He looked like he wasn't sleeping at all. And then the all-star break happens. He gets 10 days off or is nine days, I think. And suddenly he came back a new man. He was leading the league in assists, or he was second maybe to LeBron. But I think he was leading the league in assists and steals per game after the All-Star break until the shutdown. And he was he was he had a triple double um, in one of the games, and he was averaging 17 points and over 10 assists and and like six rebounds and 2.4 steals. So the dude was really good and is a really good player. And also this year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pimp this a little bit is this, uh, uh, David, David, Kevin or David Nash or whatever his last name is from four point play started a newsletter this week, a free newsletter, check him out on Twitter for the four point play. He wrote a, he did a really nice debut newsletter piece. And, um, he pointed out some, some, uh, we learned a lot. Actually, I learned a lot on that. Uh, he, he got video clips together to show you the, some of the son's favorite plays anyway. In, in digression, I wanted to show that um, he pointed out that Ricky Rubio was one of the better corner three-point shooters in the league on catch and shoot. As long as he's not dribbling into shooting, he's good. But if he catches and shoots, he was actually over 40% on catch and shoots uh, in, from the corner. So I think um, Ricky would be very important, but I think he could do that um, just right off the street. So I'm assuming since the Suns have not announced any uh, people uh, allowed to not ever come to Orlando off their <laughs> roster, then these two will show up even if they haven't yet. You are banned from Orlando. Well, heck, uh, yeah, I, I, I look at it, and to your guys' point, I just I don't see any issue with Ricky if, if he's not there practicing right now, if he gets there in time for, for the games. But the bottom line is we're talking about a you know, – a very, very, very slim chance with him and absolutely no chance without him. Uh, and that's, it, it, it's crazy. We're going to see, we may see if Ricky Rubio doesn't get there, a reminder of just how, how bad things were previously because there is no other point guard on this roster. We've talked about it. We've, we've beaten that uh, into the ground with uh, discussion there. You're forgetting it, about campaign. Oh, yeah, great. We're going to see another G League guy get an opportunity let's, to be a starter. <laughs> let's Wonderful. talk about campaign just for a second. Um, he's probably the best distributor besides Ricky 
on the team. He just can't shoot. The dude, his his entire NBA career, worse than Ricky. He makes Ricky look like a sharp shooter. Yeah, which That's all know, I gotta say. Great. He he'd be a fantastic distributor, and everybody will <laughs> cheat off of him on defense, so it won't matter. Like the the Suns need Ricky Rubio if they want any opportunity to go seven and one or eight and zero in this. That is not a secret. We are not breaking news here in terms of that. So if Ricky Rubio for some reason is out, they're done and that's it. And yeah. they're basically done with him too. We're not going to lie, but uh, you know, at least there's that glimmer of hope. And, and for that first week, at least you go, Hey, maybe something special can happen. If they, if they, you know, rattle the first three games and win, win the first three games, there's some hope there. If, if you go in without Ricky, you're just hoping that they beat the Wizards. And and that's even a question mark, even with the Wizards missing Beal and Bertans. That becomes uh, difficult because the offense does not run without without a true point guard. We've learned hey, that regardless of who's planning the offense. Hey, let's let's assume for a moment that Ricky comes back. Okay, because there's been, again, there's been no announcement that he was excused from going to Orlando at all. Yeah. So let's assume he shows up by the time games start, which is still another week and a half away. Um, he's got plenty of time to get over there unless he really got sick from COVID, which, you know, then all bets are off. But let's assume he just had a positive test and now he just has to uh, get through until he gets negative. Um, let's assume he plays. OK, I have a question for you guys. This is not on our agenda. So sorry, Tim. But um, I posted this poll um, in response to a, a tweet yesterday. Posted this poll on Twitter. Which would you rather have? Would you rather the Suns go 10 and 0? but get swept by the Lakers or would you rather they win the number one pick and take LaMelo ball? And this, the only reason I said LaMelo is because it was based on a tweet that I saw somebody else saying that was um, an unpopular opinion or something like that. So which would you, Tim, would you rather 10 and 0 but get swept or LaMelo ball? Uh, I take the number one pick every single time. If you really? were to say, if you were to say two through whatever else, you know, that would be a, probably a different answer. But if you yeah. said the number one pick no. in the NBA draft first getting swept in the first round. Yeah. But if your number pick. one pick had to be LaMelo, I mean, LaMelo, if, if his last name wasn't ball, like, you know, I, he's getting brought down because of the ball family, uh, you know, and I like, honestly, I'm not a college scout. I haven't spent that much time. I've seen the highlight videos. Uh, he's, if he's a consensus number one, it's probably for a reason. Right. So, no, I would rather have the Suns get the number one pick than get swept in the first round by the Lakers. God, Tim, you are really good at being wrong. I'm going to be honest. Like you go 10 and 0 and get in the playoffs and you build excitement and then you just go sign Fred Van Fleet as your point guard. If, if you if for you're 23 really... million. Even if you're concerned about getting, I mean, if it's, if it's about adding a point guard at that point, like you want the, you want to get in the playoffs that shows the rest of the league and, and potential free agents that this isn't a cluster anymore, that this is actually a team on the up and up. The excitement that we'd have in, the, in that 10 and 0 and being able to watch them in the playoffs would be something we haven't felt here in over a decade. You go 10 and 0 every time because as we've seen, uh, draft picks are kind of uh, a crapshoot. It does not always wind up uh, working out, even if you have a pick at, at, towards the top of the draft. So I go, I take the ten and zero and the playoffs every time. Now, I'm telling you, if, if if Dave, if the question would have been number two in the upcoming draft, my answer would have been different. For sure. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I do. I know it's just there, a random, is, stupid, random poll. I'm not. There's, I'm there's not. So there's other guys though. who could go number one. Right. There's. 
there's value in the number two. It all depends. I mean, there's value. Um, in my value number two is every like, day of my life. But, you know, there's it, there is value in those other options. I'm just saying this is just a random poll. So random poll. 10 and 0, but swept by the Lakers or LaMelo ball. I would go 10 and 0 every day of the week personally, because I'd much, because that would set the suns up for next season. That would set the suns up for, um, again, for free agency, for legitimacy. They would believe in themselves. The city would believe in them. The league would believe in them. They would believe in themselves and they'd be ready to go. And it would prove, uh, you know, all this shit, right. The likelihood is obviously one in like better than one in a billion but definitely not that good. Uh, and the thing is, in fact, it's funny. Um, Flex from Jersey posted a picture on Twitter yesterday of uh, two, a pair of bullets that had, had hit each other on their way to their targets in a war in 1815 or 1950, one of those two. And the, the picture is of the bullets crossing, you know, in actually one inside the other um, on, a, on a hash. That should be the symbol of the Suns' likelihood to make it in the playoffs and go 10-0. and 0. But well, the, the Suns just aren't – I mean, we should – everybody should have the expectation that what we're going to see is not a Suns' playoff berth, right? Okay, well, like, I, I, I'm thinking 3-5. and five, But we'll talk about – you know, we should do record predictions next week after we see that first scrimmage and before the first game start. I, I love um, that you want to. I, I love that you want to hedge our bet by actually getting to see them play uh, for the first yeah. time in four months before we make predictions. Uh, smart I man. See who's out there? Yes. Hey, I, so I got some. Uh, I got some Suns quotes. Um, the from different players as well as Monty Williams. I want to go through, read the quotes, get your guys' reaction to some of these. All right. Yep. All right. All right. So the first one is from Devin Booker. He said, this is regarding to the NBA bubble. He said, it's all about getting a chance to compete and keep solidifying myself in this league. That's my main objective. And I know that's going to come with wins and the growth of our team. So that's what we're working on here. So that's why you want to go 10 and 0, because that's what Devin Booker is working on there. Right? Well, yeah, he's he definitely <laughs> Booker cares about wins for sure. Um, uh, they did. The news just came out yesterday that all the individual league awards for this year will only be based on games through March 11. So Booker has nothing to play for individually anyway. Well, None of these guys. Not one of these guys. Player? Uh, possibly all NBA. He could have, but he, he went through a little bit of a slump after he got that all-star nod. Actually, right before he got that all-star nod. After he got, uh, un- he played incredibly well until all-star reserves were announced. And then he went into a little bit of a slump. He was injured. Um, so he could have, he could have, sure, he could have been nursing injuries, stuff like that. Was he at the, um, at also, Kobe wrist? Bryant died, and, and he was very emotionally affected by that. There was a lot going on. But the hope, my thought was that he, would, he could try to play himself onto an all-NBA team by being incredible in Orlando. But it got announced on Friday that uh, the individual awards, all-NBA, all rookie, all um, uh, you know, most. Imp- I don't think there's most improved or comeback anymore. There is most improved. There is most improved. Um, and then there's of course MVP and and stuff like that, rookie of the year. So Booker, if he makes All NBA, it won't matter what he does in Orlando or not. So it really is just about learning their system better and getting better at executing. Um, you're going to get to a couple of Monty quotes, but I'm not sure if you're mentioning the one where Monty said. These guys are a lot further along than they were in October. Um, nah, the same I thought that quote was boring. <laughs> well, but let me just touch on it. He said, 
they're a lot further along than they were um, six or, well, actually, it's like eight or nine months ago now, last October in Flagstaff, where they already know all the stuff that was implemented last October because it's the same exact team, except for Cameron Payne learning the new, the plays. Um, and now he's putting in more wrinkles that he wished he could have put in throughout the season. So we'll see some uh, some new wrinkles, some more complex play calling uh, in, in Orlando that we haven't seen before. So it's really going to be building. It's not going to be um, – they're gonna, of course they're going to try to win every game. But it's not going to be about players trying to get theirs because there's nothing to get anymore. It's unfortunate right, because if, oh, they sorry, went, if they went 10-0, and 0, MVP would have been on the table for Booker. So – that's just it's just sad that that's not an opportunity now. Uh, Monty Williams on the food. I thought this one was funny. He said, it's not that bad, man. My grandparents raised me in Spotsylvania, Virginia. I didn't know that was a place. So I know what it's like to, eat some, it up? to eat some different food. Uh, it's not all that bad. I think so many of us are spoiled and we're used to eating certain foods a certain way. To be honest with you, it's not that bad at all. Yeah, dude. Like, honestly, I, we touched on it last week. Players need to like shut the hell up about like, you know, these $40 dinners that they're eating right now. You know, they ain't that bad. Hey, yeah. And, and it's really delivered right. Good job getting that one right, Tim. Look, it, yeah. it's, it's delivered to them. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't any of us just love bags of food to just show up at our door that we didn't pay we had for? It, look, the players, the players obviously have a higher standard of living on the road than we do. Yeah, I, I know. Um, I've been, I've been on those it's trips. It's funny that yeah, Rondo like... posted a picture of a really, really nice hotel room that I'd be proud to sleep in. Going, oh, now we're down to Motel Six. I'm like, no, no, dude, you haven't been in a Motel Six lately. Right, like, yeah, I, I've been, <laughs> I've been in some Motel Sixes where I legit had to make sure the door was locked at all times. All right. Oh, how like, about how about sleeping on top of the covers because you don't want to get in the sheets? Yeah, 100 been there. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. no, that, that, I have so, too. Look, these guys are fine. It's funny because Monty and the other players all went out of their way. Man, they they they've actually been uh, pretty chill entire time. The Suns players, they're like, look, man, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to be playing. I don't get all this food. This is not too bad. This is pretty good. You know, every one of the players has said all that, uh, and that's good because you haven't heard the Suns at all in any of these. Um, any any random tiny drama that's coming out of Orlando, you never hear the Phoenix Suns mentioned because they're just focusing. Well, cool. um, logical well, hoops in the chat points out that uh, Russell Westbrook, Wesser, excuse me, Russell, Russell Westbrook. I uh, say Bledsoe, Russell Westbrook a lot. Go ahead. Harrison and Barnes all tested positive for COVID, but of course they weren't in the bubble. Uh, yeah. Monty Williams on cam. Sorry, Greg. Do I get her talking any of these, or is this just you and Dave? I'm happy to let you guys go. I can just uh, no, sit here you, if you'd you, like. You get if you were happy to let us go, you wouldn't have interrupted right there, Greg. <laughs> I just, having traveled with the team and, and seen the accommodations, I get why they're they're looking at it and going, well, this isn't up to standard, but they gotta. some of these guys got to think bigger picture, understand what's going on in the world, and understand the fact that, the NBA went to great lengths just to figure out how the hell to get them to play, right? Yeah. I mean, just accept the situation and and stop complaining about it would be a great uh, a great move for a lot of these guys. I do love the Suns' attitude, though. Like you said, Dave, we're not hearing that from them. They're just like, hey, we're here to play basketball. We're here to train. We're here to try to win some games. Uh, everything else is peripheral, uh, and we're happy to just be here. Uh, that's the attitude. Every single one of these NBA players should have. Uh, I'm sorry you're not getting pampered like you usually do, 
but it's sometimes you know, slumming it at four and a half stars is just what you're going to have to do. <laughs> like these meals that they're getting prepared like i just you know i I'd, I'd be happy uh if if one of those uh showed up at a, a you know grub hub to my house that's all i'm saying like i'm yeah. pretty thrilled for, about for, that delivery. for free <laughs> yeah i would i would love a free delivery of, of a nicely cooked piece of chicken and some pasta to just show up at the door like what the, also i love everybody going well i don't know that these players can handle uh uh, the being inside the bubble and not getting any action, if you will. You know, we've heard Stephen A. Smith and other guys come up with this. Seriously? How? Yeah. You guys are I've that spoiled? That. Like, no, that's a, that's a thing. That's I, I went 21 years in, in, in some cases yeah, oh, with without no, action. I think that's, that's the reason they're, they're letting the family come in because here's the thing. You don't, they're like, this, we're talking like some of the players are going to be there for like three, four months. Hey, everybody on there, by the way, there's 30 of you on there right now, but only four plus me have hit the thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up button for us, would you please? But, We'd really appreciate that. That helps us. Yeah, but helps boo, us out tremendously. Boo hey, freaking really who if you're not Give getting some action. Thumb. Give us a thumb. Um, oh, all right. So on cam, Monty Williams on cam. John Cena said the first day when I saw him back, he got back in town. He's blown away. The changes that he already made in his body, he looks like he added some muscle. Cam Johnson commenting on that, saying that uh, on the muscle specifically, that he's been focusing on his body, trying to get stronger, and kind of taking care of my joints, taking care of my shoulder, taking care of my hips. I was so happy when I read this quote. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it sounds like Dave's workout regimen. I'm focusing on my hips and my joints. So, you know, I gotta make sure I gotta make sure I'm not too old here. Well, Cam is in the older age bracket, we think, right? <laughs> I do love it though, because if, when you look at it, really, this would be the time frame where uh, a rookie. Uh, would be going preparing for a sophomore season, and that's usually physically where you see a jump from guys. So, so it's it's good to see that Cam Johnson took that time uh, in those four months in that break to get in that work that that helped change his body into did, more of an I NBA did ask body. Funny about that um, again on Friday, and he's like, "Well, it's all well and good to add some add some uh, muscle as long as you don't lose your speed and your flexibility, because we are a speed and flexibility league." Okay. Uh, muscle is just helpful, uh, when you've got it. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you're trying to defend down low and things like that, but he needs cam to not lose any of his speed and agility. So he is watching out for that. You can't tell yet because these guys are not going a hundred percent until they actually get into scrimmages. Uh, but he's hoping, you know, cause I remembered, uh, Alex Len, of course, Alex Len was never based on speed, but he, they were trying to get him to add muscle and then Dragon Bender added muscle one off season. And I don't think it helped him. Uh, so I really think it's, it's good. Like they actually, uh, on the sun's Instagram, they showed the players, like half a dozen of the players playing. I forget. I don't know what the game, this game is called, spike but it's ball, basically I think. spike ball yeah, I think that's and cam was playing shirtless. And I'm like, Oh man, that dude is big. And then it's funny that Dario actually lost weight and got in better shape. And so Dario and cam are about the same size now. Um, and so it's interesting. And I, again, I asked Monty about, it. he's like, as long as they don't lose any of their speed and flexibility, we're good. Let's, let's be honest. This isn't like he, he left looking like uh cam Johnson and came back looking like Barry Bonds later in his career. This the, is Dwayne this the is Rock slight, Johnson. Yeah. This is yeah. slightly, this is slightly more muscle. So hopefully it won't impact him, but you're, you're right, Dave. We always played the game when we got back uh, to training camp after an off season of, who they were going to claim added five to 10 pounds of muscle in the off season, because inevitably that is a storyline every year. 
and we just got it yeah. early this year with Cam got uh, Cam Johnson. Yeah, they were the Suns were talking about, and the Cam and Ty were talking about it. Yeah, oh, you've got Cam coming up. No, that's what that's the one you just used, huh? <laughs> so, uh, kind Ty and Cam were talking about, it, and Cam's like, and both Ty, him and Ty were saying, this is like, where this is our second season. Yeah. Uh, because they have had a four month off season. And what they were saying is that not only do you have four months to get your body right and know what it takes to, once you've been in the NBA, now you know what it takes to get in the NBA and stay in the NBA. You also have a mental, um, uh, progress to make because you can di- digest everything you just experienced. You don't have any time to reflect during the season. Now in the off season, you have a lot of time to reflect and digest what happened. And so they will be different players, slightly different players, hopefully more mature, hopefully better uh, in Orlando in this eight game run than they were as rookies. Yeah. And Ty Jerome added five pounds as well. It's just his beard that he was uh, continuing to grow. So I saw that. Uh, I saw some practice video too of, um, you know, some of their uh, five on five. I'm assuming it was five on five might've been last either way you know they were being defended by other players on the court of the sun's team uh and they had uh bridges on on booker most of the time i thought that was uh pretty sweet to see can, can we talk uh, can we talk about those videos for just a quick second everybody's talking sure. about deandre ayton uh the devin booker one they put out yesterday yeah these are great if the suns were playing their own defense for all of orlando <laughs> i think they'd be in amazing shape that's like that's all i've learned from these videos is uh uh, you know, Shek Dialu can't really guard uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Ty yeah. Jerome shouldn't be guarding Devin Booker in in live game action. That's well, it. I think, that's all I I've think learned. We know that, right? Yeah, they yeah. Probably, <laughs> but they hide well, it. It's, fine. it's, fine. it's <laughs> just highlights, and that's no, uh, how no. the highlights is all about. That whole feed is all about you know showing the good play, not not the whole game. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Ty, Ty Jerome also said that he spent a lot of the off season off season watching full NBA games. You know, we all watch highlights. It's really important to watch full NBA games of some of the best point guards out there and um, shooters out there because you can see how they go about going through an NBA game. And he said one of his subjects that he's watching a lot of was Steve Nash. Well, that's wow. a good guy to watch. Uh, you know, yeah. actually being able to emulate him, I, I don't foresee that happening. But if he can, congratulations, Ty Jerome. Well, things he can take from Steve Nash is how not to be embarrassing on defense when you don't have any <laughs> any real um, high-end athletic ability. I mean, look, Steve is one of the top 400 athletes ever in the NBA, sure. But he's like 399th out of those 400. So there's, there's just like uh, a difference in the athleticism. And Steve got away with not being great on defense by um, just using his space and his positioning and, and stuff like that to – same thing with Steph Curry. Steph Curry's not great on defense, but he knows how not to embarrass himself. So those are some of the things you can learn if you watch full games. What do they do when they don't have the ball in their hands? How do they conserve their energy? And on defense, where do they go? What do they do to not embarrass themselves when they're not like the most athletic person on the court? Thank you for um, aiming low for Ty Jerome. I, I appreciate it. it it's it. also it's good for Ty Jerome's development to be guarding some of the best players, right? Like that. Well, is, that's that's how you get to be a better defender. Yeah, getting your ass kicked by Devin Booker in practice well, will motivate you. To, yeah, no, you no, 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 I'm being serious. Like, I'm not. I'm, you can even a bad defender can be better with good footwork. Yeah, look, I'm. Hit, 
I'm not kidding. Being being put against Devin Booker in practice and getting your ass kicked is a great motivator to get better on defense because you are yeah. being embarrassed in front of your peers. That will motivate you to learn different methods. I was not being sarcastic about that. Yeah, uh, guarding and it's every you know. I think to an extent, um, certain players are able to guard certain play uh, play types a bit better. Um, so when we talk about like this defender is a good defender, everybody has like their specialty on, on defense, right? Like there's a certain type of player that they just match up with really well. And then there's also those types of players that they're just going to get destroyed. Um, but anyway, Aiton. So he said, and I love this quote. I thought it was funny. It was very 2020 uh, Aiton's <laughs> quote. Uh, he said, to be honest, we've had a lot of time. It feels like I'm in my damn third or fourth year. I know what I'm doing now. Um, <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, that's how we all feel about 2020. <laughs> seven, seven months in, and it's been the longest decade ever. All right. Dude, the, the New <laughs> Year's parties, on March 124th. <laughs> dude, dude the, the New Year's parties this year are going to be lit, man. Lit. I'm oh, telling man. you, people are going to go crazy over this. Somebody, somebody commented after the last, after the plague, um, the 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 whole all the history books are fu- filled with partying and debauchery, and you know that's going to happen after this one too. <laughs> Everyone's ar- just going to be out, out, out. It already <laughs> is in Florida where Tim is. There, hey, so don't worry about it. We've it's already like started the partying. What's going to be great is the vaccine. They're going to give us like you know how you have the I voted pin. There's going to be some patch we can put on our arms to prove that we've been vaccinated. I'm free! I can be anywhere! The, the first Suns game after a vaccine should be held in the Cardinal Stadium so they could get like 70,000 people in there. Because if they're good by or that it's point, have to be a tattoo because people could steal each other's um, vaccine you know, patch. So we're going to have to have like a vaccine tattoo. Oh, you know those... Um, <laughs> I think I could be wrong on this. So my apologies, but I don't think anyone's going to call me on it. Those little shots that, that girls can get in their arm for, uh, you know, for, um, not getting pregnant. Those do leave a, like kind of a dent or whatever on your arm. Sometimes we need that for the vaccine. We need the vaccine to leave a permanent mark. We, on people. we now know what Dave looks for when he's trying to pick up women. Is well, hey, do you have a dent on your arm? Like 20 years ago. I don't know. Let's, uh, come but, on. D- Dave is, <laughs> Dave is now advocating for people to get tattooed that they have a vaccine. DeAndre Ayton saying that he feels like he's in his third or fourth year um, and he's being more vocal. That has been commented on by Devin Booker and Monty Williams. And the three of them are really, um, they're talking a lot. And and Ayton has become much more of a central force on on the court when you're a rookie. And you're just learning, and then you've been out because of that damn suspension. Uh, you're much more likely to um, uh, just listen and be quiet. And and I think he's learned a lot. He's learned a lot. He's learned that he's got to be vocal. He is the back line of defense. He learned a lot from Aaron Baines, uh, and he learned a lot from his own coach. And and from and Devin Booker talks a lot too, as far as to his teammates. I'm not just talking about trash talking, which he also does. But he talks to his teammates about where to go and where they and, and they need to know where the help is. And um, how to shade a guy and stuff. And DeAndre Ayton said he's he's all over that now. He's very talkative on the court. So we'll see how it goes in games. And that that has happened in the games this past year. So it's not like he's never done this. It's just that Monty has said that he's talking even more now in these warm up scrimmages and, and practices and stuff. And that's that's a very good sign for Ayton's development. I'm looking forward to seeing just what DeAndre Ayton looks like in these eight games. That's what I think I'm most 
excited about. What drives me nuts, though, excuse me, is the fact that, uh, you know, back to these videos that they put out. The Suns put out a, a highlight package of DeAndre Ayton showcasing good footwork, hitting jumpers, uh, getting making baskets uh, close into the hoop. And you would have thought that the Suns put out a shacking fool reel of, of DeAndre Ayton with the way certain fans reacted. Oh, that's a bad shot. Why is he doing that? Well, the footwork's not that great. And, and I'm like, well, Gee, guys, can we at least just look at it? He looks good. Granted, he's playing against Sheik Diallo, but the, he's making shots. He he looks energetic. He looks fit. The, like What DeAndre Ayton has shown his whole career is that the key for DeAndre Ayton to dominate is his own confidence level. When he decided he was going to be a good defender, he was he became a very good defender. When he decided decides he's going to rebound, he can get the rebound from anybody. Yeah. But when he now he's got to decide that he's going to bully his way to the hoop, and he just will. He's going to decide when he's going to take three pointers, and he just will. He just needs to decide these things. And so what I liked about that highlight reel was his being his being decisive with the ball. Um, what I didn't like about the highlight reel is all I could imagine was was uh, guards swiping at the ball as he dribbles to go by because that's what they do. They dig in and try to get the ball away from a big man who's trying to dribble. So I'd rather he just catch and score, keep the ball over his head the whole time. Um, but that wasn't what those highlights were for. Those highlights were for let's practice one-on-one. And if he's got nobody else on the court with him, he can be checked the aloe. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's going to be pretty hard to win one-on-one if you don't dribble the ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> so at least he's got to get that confidence. He's got to know how it works where you don't have to be watching the ball while you're dribbling and you don't have to get too low and lose your sight on the entire play when you're dribbling. He's got to get good at that. I, I look, um, Vincent in the chat says uh, that Aiton needs a hype man on the bench. Can we just bring Alan Williams back for that? Like if there, if you need a hype man... For anybody, uh, I think Allen Williams could get uh, DeAndre Ayton ready to run Frank through a brick Kaminsky wall. Frank is a pretty darn good hype man off true. the bench. I mean, that guy is hey, awesome. You guys watch. remember when Allen Williams tweeted the Suns about getting that uh, Devin Booker um, all-star jersey, and the Suns tweeted back that they were all out, but they sent him a different one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was, that was, Al- uh, Alan who? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. huh? Way to go, guys. Your mom is chief of what? Wah, wah, wah. That, that, that was an embarrassing moment, right? Yeah. Um, but Buck Dog in the chat, he said, Aiton's an absolute sponge. He soaks up so much info. Uh, his interview about defense was enlightening. He's so smart. Um, but Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Aiden, uh, Aiden's going to be good. I, I did think it was it was funny, his comment about it feeling like he's in his third sure. year. Um, OK, so we're kind of going long on these other segments. Let's make sure we have time to get to everything. Uh, you guys, while I was uh, inevitably gone for five minutes of the show, did you talk about the Suns mm-hmm. assistant Steve Blake and Larry Greer no longer on the coaching staff? No, we didn't. Not yet. You didn't no, direct so us the that The Suns way. just released, um, had, had a, their media release and showing who's all on the team, who's all on the coaching staff. And it just was missing those two guys, Larry, Larry Greer and um, Steve Blake. There's no announcement from the Suns that they left the team. There's no details behind it. It could very well be because every team only has 35 people in their traveling party. Could very well be that their contracts were up. And so they decided to make them at the end of the season. They decided to make them up early um, and just or end the contracts early <clears throat> and not bring him. Sorry, guys. I had to cough at least once into the mic. You know, there, there, there is a mute button on that fancy mic. There. <laughs> I needed to cough while I was talking, so I didn't have a chance to hit the mute. I've been muting when I need to cough. Um, but anyway, I think it's just um, uh, we don't know why they left. 
We just know they're gone. It, according to Gambo, it was they just they weren't part of the Suns' future. They had already decided that uh, they weren't going to be part of the staff moving into next year, so there was no point in bringing them into the bubble situation, adding additional people uh, into that, and I think that's fair. I mean, you would have been making coaching changes around uh, this time anyways, so I think it's uh, I think it's totally all right. I mean, some people are like, oh, well, why why make changes now why, you know, when you're going into the bubble and this and that? If they weren't working out anyways, if it really wasn't a good fit, then it doesn't really matter. You've got Monty Williams. You've got you know, uh, the other guys on the staff like Mark Bryant who, who's working with Aiton. Like, just mm-hmm. it, It's fine. Don't put other people uh, in this situation. Don't add additional uh, crap that you have to uh, into a bubble that's already fragile. Uh, I'm fine with it, even though yeah. some people are, are freaking out about it a bit. So. Yeah, they're, they're, people are only freaking out because there's nothing else to talk well, about that, right now. That's fair. That, that, that is true. <laughs> so, yeah, no, the Suns still have the most important assistant coaches, which is the associate head coach, Willie Green. They got Darko Ryakovich, who really works on the offense with them. We got Mark Bryant, who's been doing wonders with DeAndre Ayton. And they got Randy Ayers, who's been around since uh, before we were born. So um, you've got a really good set of of coaches there. And yeah, these guys were on the end of the coaching tree. And if you're down to your 35 players or 35 people from the entire organization who can be in the bubble, um, I'd rather bring Kelly Oubre on the off chance he could play and on the strong chance he can at least rehab properly than uh, bring a, you know, Larry Greer. So I think that's a good choice. Question, Dave, you may not know the answer to this. So sorry to put you on the spot, but since, most contracts would have gone through like a July one is usually the way they're structured. Like a, a June 30th is when a typical contract would end. How is that working this? Because the league year is off. If they had contracts. Yeah. I wish I don't know that answer and I haven't seen anyone else report on it, but you're absolutely right. Um, these guys are set up on payment terms before the year starts. They set up payment terms, just like teachers. Okay, so there's a season they get to choose. Do you want to get paid, paid, excuse me, over the course of the season or do you want to get paid over the course of 12 months? And the players get to choose that uh, before the season starts. Now, the Suns, uh, we did come out May, June, all those reports. NBA will still continue paying player salaries. And then starting in June, I think it was like a 25 percent cut on their paychecks. I am pretty sure that these players have been paid their entire contracts and the coaches, their entire contracts already. And now they're, they're living out the terms, which is play all the, you know, the rest of the terms they've been paid financially, but now they're living up to the terms of the contract, which is to work for the team throughout the entire season. And the season is just going long. Yeah. So I think that's a very good thing. uh, Assumption to make is that all the money's already been spent and now the league is just trying to recoup some of that spend by um, hosting this this little 22-team uh, tournament. Yeah, and I was just thinking from a coaching perspective, I mean, a lot of times assistants are on one-year deals, so it may have just simply been, hey, you've already reached the end of your contract. We paid you out, so you know, and we're going to change anyways. So both sides just went, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so. I'm very much, I agree with you. I'm very much guessing that that's the case. 
Yep. Uh, um, all right. So making sure that we have time to get to our final uh, two slash three segments, because those are the fun ones of the episode, <laughs> which, by the way, I introduced a new segment on the show. Totally didn't tell these guys because I don't have a phone right now. So communication is really difficult. Uh, but I think it'll be really great. And Greg, um, I believe this was your idea with the snitch line. I think that's going to be a lot of fun as well. But first, I do want to take a moment to thank a supporter of the show, Buck Dog, who was our first official supporter on YouTube, signed up last week. Um, and uh, MT as well, who signed up right now. But I'll save that for next week as well. Thank you both so very much. Uh, we did listen to you guys, by the way. You guys said you wanted those uh, flaming balls. Greg worked his ass off to make sure <laughs> that if you're a supporter of the show on YouTube, you get a flaming ball next to your name. So I don't know. Maybe we'll rename the supporter levels like something flaming balls. Uh, hey, I, lo- I love that Tim just said I worked my ass off to give you flaming balls. So <laughs> I, hope, I hope you guys enjoy that. Uh, just to uh, have fun with with your, uh, your oh, flaming balls man. for supporting on YouTube. Highly recommend it. Click the join button if you're watching on YouTube or if you are uh, listening on the podcast, you can support the show in the link in the notes. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody helping us. And when you guys ask for something, we listen. That's why, uh, you know, especially man, when you support Titus us, Max, so. you just did it too. Good job, man. Yeah. Thank and, you. Uh, and uh, But just don't ask for anything complicated. Like, I can't give you dave's head as as a cartoon with flames or anything i can just give you flaming balls i got for but you you can ask my flaming head you only want my flaming balls (laughs) next Um, i'm I'm... (laughs) but buck dog next chat icon tim's ass not a chance Uh, i am not photoshopping that I've been I've been working on this too. A lot of CrossFit, a lot of squats. All right, I, I think it might be worthy of getting a, a a little icon up there. What do you think? Dear Lord, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next uh, time. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's go. Let's go into the. If we have time, we'll get to the games. I know that we're going to talk about it a bit more next week as well. I do want to make sure we get these last two segments in. If you had a snitch line like the NBA does to report on people who are breaking the uh, the the bubble, if you will. Who on NBA Twitter would you report and why? Uh, Greg, we're going to start with you because I think you came up with the segment. <laughs> if, I don't know. I did. It just. It, I don't know if you guys read about it. I know Tim didn't because when I said NBA snitch line in an email last night, he was like, what the hell are you talking about? But I love the fact that in Orlando, there is a phone line that you can anonymously call to report people who are not following protocol <laughs> within the bubble. Like, is there anything more petty than a phone line that you can call anonymously and basically rat anybody out or no, make up? No, things? they're they're like... they're risking millions of dollars. If <laughs> me, if if me making millions of dollars was banked on somebody not leaving the bubble to 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 uh, go pick up takeout food. Dude, I, I like I'm not a snitch, but for millions of dollars in my pocket, I might be. Look, I like, get, I get the take out. I, know, I, I love how Doc Rivers said, "I'm getting everybody out of here by the end of this thing." <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm just snitch. He, he gets know? how ridiculous it is, but they're calling about a guy who wasn't wearing a mask when he walked through. Like literally, this is, the guy's not wearing a mask while walking through. So like. I get if you leave campus, yeah, everybody should call and be like, hey, this moron just decided to break the bubble, uh, Rashawn Holmes. People should be calling and doing that. But, like, I'm guessing they're getting, like, calls about very minor violations. They they admitted there were a few about guys not wearing masks in certain areas, but they're going to be like, hey, uh, I saw LeBron out there playing a cornhole, 
and uh, he sneezed, but he did not do it in his elbow. I think we should suspend him. Like you're getting no, no, like just no, you random know, you know LeBron's calling about Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> saying same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's 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 been out. Um, but so if if you were uh, to have to report uh, somebody to the snitch line on NBA Twitter. Who would you report and why? It would be Dave in a heartbeat because Dave decided <laughs> Dave decided that putting MBA at the end of his name was was what was going to make him uh, important on Twitter. So I, I no, I, that wasn't what I decided. I, I, you know, I'd call it Dave King for everything. Hey, uh, yeah, Dave had a really bad opinion. I, I think we should uh, ban him from from Twitter. Uh, uh, oh, Dave, uh, Dave made some sarcastic remark that was uh, quite offensive to me. Uh, please remove him from Twitter. Like it would definitely be Dave. We all know that that that's how petty I am. Is I would call on Dave in a heartbeat. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's go to Steve Holler in the chat. Said that he was snitch on the D-backs fan who blocked him on Twitter for saying that Booker was better than C.J. McCollum, and it isn't really close this year. Oh, that. I mean, that's fair. How about how about, I would snitch on the Suns for blocking Chris Hansen. <laughs> I think we all kind of did that. <laughs> how about I would snitch on Nate Duncan, man? But we all kind of have by block by getting blocked by him. We can't. I we finally don't know got what blocked saying. by him after months. I was one of the last. <laughs> I was one of the last ones to uh, not get blocked by him, but now I'm blocked. How about calling in the snitch line on anybody on NBA Twitter that goes? Hey, uh, you know, I think Devin Booker's going to ask for a trade at some point. Like that, that seems every every three months, some writer decides, "Hey, I'm going to write this article just based on pure speculation because Dion D'Angelo uh, Russell didn't wind up in Phoenix." So uh, yeah, Devin Booker wants out. I, I'd report anybody that even insinuates that without sourced information, which is everybody <laughs> that's ever said. Well, here's the thing: Bigley probably did have a good source. Booker was probably like, "Aw." I wish they would have signed a really good player, you know, last summer. But that doesn't mean that's still how Booker feels. And that doesn't mean that Booker thinks that D'Angelo Russell is the best possible guy to acquire. It's just he's a good friend. So I, I have no problem with Booker being disappointed that the Suns didn't sign his best friend last summer. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, everybody wants their friends on their yeah. team. So I don't have a problem with that. It probably was source, but the problem is the source was a year old. Uh, and it's not current. There's no way he's still pining over D'Angelo Russell on this team right now. There's Booker doesn't waste his time with that. Uh, let's go to some of the some of the listeners right now in the chat. David Wickon said he would snitch on the Spurs. MT says he would <laughs> snitch on Stephen A. Is Stephen A. still? Uh, yes. Yes. He's still doing things. Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, MT says. He'd snitch on anybody that says Booker to the Knicks. Uh, that is, uh, I'd call, uh, ex excuse me, I've got an entire fan base to uh, report. It is the uh, Utah Jazz. Uh, they're a bunch of dicks when you say Devin Booker is better than <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, even though it's factual. Thank you. Even though it's factual. <laughs> um, infinite tranquility saying, saying uh, sign Kelly Oubre to a long-term contract and Booker won't go anywhere. I don't know how accurate that mm -hmm. is. I've just called the snitch line on infinite tranquility. I think he's uh, making that up. That isn't sourced. By the Look, way, I'm Tim, I'm going to say it again. I think there's no way Devin Booker asks to be traded, asks to be traded in the next year. And as long as the Suns win 40 games or so in this next year, he won't ask to be traded until he's got only a year or two left and they still haven't won a playoff series. It'll be very similar to Anthony Davis, I think. And then the key is to get further than Davis's Pelicans ever got before Davis won it out. I think um, one thing that's underrated before we go to this next 
segment right here, make sure we have time for it, is uh, Devin Booker is the man in Phoenix. And I think people aren't giving enough uh, weight to the value of that for being a player. I mean, and Phoenix right. uh, Phoenix is all, all Devin Booker. He gets traded somewhere else where he's uh, playing under somebody else's uh, coattails. Um, you know, we're all of a sudden uh, Devin Booker and Kawhi Leonard, right? Like, you are no longer like the man in L.A. or wherever, you know, it might be. So I do think that there is intrinsic value to that, and we should keep that in mind. And also, by keeping that in mind, keep making sure Devin Booker knows he is the man in Phoenix. No, do not give him a hard time when he is playing injured for a couple right. of games and doesn't score as well. So a really fun, I think it's going to be really fun, uh, new segment is called Terrible Trade of the Week, where we are going to highlight a terrible trade, and I'm going to find the most reputable, air quotes if you're listening on the podcast, uh, uh, of where the trade came from, right? So not some random dude on Twitter posted a, <laughs> a you know loaded up trade machine. <laughs> so Who says this, no? This one, the first week's is coming from Bleacher Report, where they said the Phoenix Suns get Draymond Green and a lottery protected 2022 first round pick, and the Golden State Warriors get Kelly Oubre and Mikel Bridges. Oh my God! Okay, so first of all, reputable. Let's replace that with widely read. Okay, yeah, so fair. the that's most fair, widely right. read. But I mean, just not a dude, yeah. right? Yeah, sure, sure. Just not a dude with followers. Right, exactly. I am putting a bit of stipulation on this because it will never be Barstool Sports that I bring up a trade idea from in this segment. <laughs> and they are widely read. Barstool Sports, who's led by a, a completely racist MO. I mean, MF. either that or just, you know, they're, they're sexist clickbait garbage. But regardless, <laughs> widely read is not the stipulation of this of this segment. Yeah. Respected. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Respected. It's got to be widely read and not despicable. Got yes. It. Sure. Yes. So, okay. So Brightside barely slides in under the bar, Dave. <laughs> we just, slip you know, right in there. <laughs> they, they, they slide right in there by, by not being despicable. <laughs> um, okay. So Draymond Green. The Suns would get Draymond Green and a late first round pick from Golden State, which is almost certainly going to be in the 25 to 30 range. Right? Yeah. For their two starting forwards. The Suns' two starting forwards that fit perfectly in Golden State. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a Golden State fan. Uh, that's somebody who doesn't understand, um, well, hasn't watched any of the Phoenix they're, Suns, they're... which is 99% of the people in the world right now. So um, I get it, but there's no way the Suns would do this. They would trade Kelly Oubre for Draymond Green. Yeah. You switch out um, Ty Jerome for Mikel Bridges, Suns are all over that. Hey, Shek Diallo. You can have Diallo and uh, Oubre, and we'll take Draymond Green. How about that? Mikel Bridges is arguably the uh, third most and you know third most important player on the Suns team over the next uh, five, six, seven years, right? Well, Absolutely. Well, and then and the other part of this is not only are you hurting yourself, you're improving the Warriors by giving them yeah. what they need to reload and be good for the next five years, uh, continue being good the next <laughs> five years once they get Steph and Clay back. So, yeah, you would be doubly shooting yourself. You'd shoot yourself in well, both Mikhail feet. Bridges basically um, is the replacement for Andre Iguodala in that lineup. Um, who a, a person who doesn't get all the accolades or anything like that, but ends up being the most important player in a finals um, defensively on the other team's best player. So there's no way the Suns are going to trade Mikel Bridges in that package for sure. Um, and yeah, but I would do it if you swap out Mikel for Ty. <laughs> do it right now. Sure. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and if we could switch out Ubre for Diallo and, and you'd go Ty Jerome and Diallo, I'd do it in two and in, in faster than you would. <laughs> in half a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, half a heartbeat. I wouldn't I like even how need, you go two heartbeats. I wouldn't oh, even no, need wait, a, I wouldn't even need direction. a half a heartbeat. I would go in no heartbeats. I'd do it that fast. <laughs> Is that it for a trade me. segment or do we have another That's uh, a terrible no, trade? I didn't, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I was on mute right there. Uh, Titus Max 99 in the chat says, nope, he wouldn't touch that trade. Um, Vincent said, do we get Chris and Bender back? By the way, I, there was somebody on. Do we get Chris and it was, I think it was a, a Facebook <laughs> Suns group where they posted one of those like really crappy cups, commemorative cups or whatever that you get at the games. That was um, Tyler Ulyss was on it, Dragon oh, Bender God. and Marquise Chris. And <laughs> Holy shit, I laughed, man, when I saw that. Remember when we were hanging our hats on like the development Those of... Those four straight draft picks. Mar- uh, Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, Tyler Ulis, and then Josh Jackson. Just and also trash. Devon Reed was second round, I think, that year. Hey, look, the yeah, no... It was he, he. Yeah, he was. He was like the the second or third player in the second. And the thing about Devon Reed is, uh, he was good down in Florida. You know, I mean, I do think that was sort of a yeah. product of um, the lack there of development. And that was a fine pick because um, second round, right? <laughs> Look, <laughs> it's okay. Remember When's Alec the last Peters time had a second round pick that worked out. How many years ago? Goran Dragic. <laughs> <laughs> we both yep, jumped. We knew. It's 2008. That was 12 <laughs> years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last like, time Suns had a second round pick that really worked out. Hey, the, the what you're using that commemorative cup ooh, for ooh. is that uh, cat litter box. Like that. That's not even one that you put in the back of your cupboard. That's one you're <laughs> using for for things that you you know you don't want to touch with your hands. Uh, so I I have a, a big debate. You guys can't really see it, but Greg, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Greg had an artist uh, create these. Uh, Josh Jackson <laughs> prints, signed prints. Uh, there were 50 total that were printed. Uh, we were selling them at our uh, meet and greet yeah. like two years ago or something when I went out to Phoenix. And I got this on my wall because it's a super cool print. You know, it's signed by the artist that made it. It says the 20 of the 50. I don't, I don't know what to do with it now. Keep it. Dustin is a oh, great man. artist. It's, Just... it's a good piece of memorabilia. When when Josh Jackson is uh, playing in the finals, then you can say it was once a Phoenix Sun. <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah. look, we've got we've to gotta embrace the what we've slogged through to get to uh, halfway decent basketball. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. We can't we're not we're never going to forget these 10 years if the Suns get good. We'll just look back at them as the price we had to pay for admission to uh, to actually being a, a top NBA team. So I would keep that there proudly on your wall and understand that, yes, there was a time where we thought Alec Peters uh, could be the answer to something. Or, okay, or, no, or Marquise no, 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 no. Nobody thought Alec Peters do, was the answer to anything but a trivia question. Do, Come do you not remember that last game of a season where we dropped 39? I, yeah. yeah. I also remember seven threes or something. Look, let me tell you that um, – that happens, right? These guys get these big games at the end of their rookie year, stuff like that. The one that really sold me that I thought was a a, a harbinger of a great future was Archie Goodwin's twenty nine oh, points. Archie <laughs> the Goodwin, against the Kings. Against the Kings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good uh, place to end this thing right there because I have never woo! been as depressed as that moment right there. Hey, guess what? Next time we're talking to you guys, the Suns will have played a scrimmage on television. Woo-hoo! They're playing against another team. Uh, there's, there's a really good chance that we're going to be doing some post game, 
uh, recap shows for the actual games that are coming up. We're still trying to work it all out in our schedules uh, because we collectively have to take off of work in order to make that happen. But that is something we are working on. If you are joining us live on YouTube, not 100% sure we'll upload them as a podcast, but we'll see. Either way, thank you so much for everybody that woke up super early in the morning yep. to record live with us on Thanks, YouTube. everyone. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, though, subscribe to the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We're available for myself, Dave, Greg. Thank you guys so much for watching the Sun's Solar Panel Podcast. Uh.